I'm here today with Dom Tremblay, my my brother from another mother, um, good friend I've made over the last year and a half. So glad to have Dom with me to here here today. The End Evil Podcast is dedicated to truth, freedom, care, and freedom is the most important thing we all need to be thinking about. And that's why I got Dom here today to help me talk about the importance of freedom. But we're going to do that in sort of an abstract way by going back into deep into the history of humans in the very, very beginning, how it all began and why that's important. What's up, Dom? How you doing? Hey, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. I'm glad we're going to have this discussion. I think it's been like uh, over a year since we've released something together, actually. So uh, I'm stoked for this uh, for this chat, brother. Yeah, it's been too long, too long since we've um, got a good opportunity to hang out on uh, interview style. Well, um, so you got your Natural Freedom League on sweater on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man, represent. That's yeah. something good in the hair, but something good in the hurt. <laughs> something good in the ground. Put, put. <laughs> right on. Well, um, I, I remember when you did your you did your interview with Mark Passio. Then you started bringing up, um, you know, like interference theory or ancient alien theory, whatever you want to call it. People have different terms they toss around. But um, that intrigued me because that was like real early in my journey towards realizing all the world of things I've come to realize about the world. That was like one of the first things on the path that my that sparked my curiosity was like, how come there's still so many unanswered questions in the world? And so when you brought up that theory, I was like, oh, that's important. I want to connect with Dom on that because I think that might be a way for us to reach out to other people that have some of those same questions. How, how did you first come across the um, interference theory, ancient alien theory, whatever you want? To, how do you, what do you call it, Dom? Well, like everyone, uh, I listened to the story channel first, but uh you know, I've always uh, been like puzzled by the pyramids, like everyone. And uh, but you know, when I stumbled across Mark's work and I, I found his co cosmic abandonment, uh, you know, presentation, it really like put all the things, the pieces of the puzzle, you know, together. Uh, he made this uh, nice synthesis of you know a lot of uh, work of. All these uh, researchers like Zakaria Sitchin that we're going to talk about and, you know, Travis Walton, uh, you know, it's it takes courage, I think, to talk about these UFOs, things like pseudoscience, uh, human origins, because there's a lot of debunkers and there's a lot of, you know, fears and people who don't want to assume their responsibility linked to, you know, finding all these great uh, mysteries and, you know, digging. So stoke we're going to talk about it and no problem. No, no, I'm fearless. <laughs> well, the only thing that, that worries me is the names of these different places and um, subject matter. Some of the names and titles, I'm not the best at pronouncing them or knowing how to say them. 
But what, what I can do is share with people the things that I've discovered and find really interesting. And then maybe that can be sort of a jumping off point for other people's, their own research. But I think when we ask the question, like, where do we really come from? And then more importantly, why are we a species that seems to be falling for this trap of slavery, of letting ourselves be owned by other people? And all through history, it's been going on. You know, for so many years, it was kings subjugating people and their serfs. And there was these different levels and layers of society. And but um, it looks like it's been going on as far back in history as we we look. And then to me, when I started looking at Zechariah Sitchin's work, it it started putting together some of those pieces that didn't make sense to me. And I also want to mention Lloyd Pye because I didn't really bring any of his information today to share. But he was another one that that really um, kind of opened the door to looking at this whole history, this whole story that we've been told and breaking it apart and kind of reframing a new story that I'm not going to say I believe in any one part of it as a whole, but it, it gives a lot of background to all the other stuff I studied. And I brought that up when I was talking about the Bible because, you know, I, I looked at the Bible a lot when I was a kid. I went to church a lot. So I don't know. What was your experiences when you were a young person, Dom? Were you part of a religious group or um, how'd you get into uh, that My stuff? parents weren't that much religious. Uh, you know, we're here in Quebec, religion is not really, it's pretty much dead since the 60s, I would say, in here, but um, way less than in the U.S. But um, of course, you know, most people, when you talk about the human origins and they start going to this rabbit hole, uh, they stop at the book of Genesis in the Bible, you know, Adam and Eve, and then they start to look for bones of Adams, you know, start to dig, find the bones of Adams without, you know, knowing that maybe there's, there's, there are stories and there are, there are, you know, like the cuneiform tablets and the Sumerian cylinders that we're going to talk about, you know, that predates by thousands of years, the Bible. So, and also can also helps us make sense of some of the things in the Bible, like the stories of Abraham, you know, that, that the foundation of, you know, the Christianity, uh, you know, Islam, and then also uh, the the Jewish people in the Torah. So there's a lot to talk about. And but one thing that I notice is that most people stop at you know the story of the Bible, the creation story, and maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's something behind it, and maybe this story is not really. Um, what we think it is and that's one of the things also i talked in my presentation is that be careful you know when you read the bible when you read these stories the various interpretations and what people want you to believe you know so it's very important to look at these stories even the stories that we're going to talk today uh with criticism and it's it's perfectly fine we're not saying we're not going to say that these are the perfect truth. It's maybe it resonate with truth with us, but it's just something that we want to, I guess, bring people to look at and search yeah. more. And in a way you, you get further by um, 
what what we can call bullshit on basically to put it in real plain english you know it's like you could wonder all day about what is true and what actually did happen but what we can do a lot of times easier is figure out what didn't happen and what's not true you know it's like um september 11th is a good example of that you know it was very clear to me right away that what didn't happen was what they were saying the story they were describing that story made no sense because of the artifact the actual evidence i was seeing of what actually happened and so i think it's the same with this stuff when you look at these actual pieces of evidence the artifacts like giant the most giant pieces of stone in the world it's like pretty hard to um just deny you know these things exist whether you like it or not and there begs a lot of questions just in that and so um i think it's gonna be a lot of fun we got some slides to share and we can that'll give us a jumping off point of of where we're gonna start talking about this subject matter but yeah i think for me um it really what really jumped out early on was like I think the first book I got was Forbidden Archaeology. There was another one too, but they talk about these artifacts that people have found that that don't fit in at all to the timeline that we've been heard or what we've been taught in school. And then when I thought thought back to like school, for instance, like they don't even try to answer these riddles. Like the pyramids, you know, is the most basic one. It's like, how could there be things like this on earth that we still haven't figured out how anyone made, you know, and we think of ourselves as being so technologically superior to past people, but yet way back in antiquity, people were able to make things like what you see in these pictures that are incredible, mind blowing things that we don't even really know how to make. And so, you know, that to me, asks a lot of questions and i'm always encouraging people to ask questions so this is a good topic to start asking questions so what kind of what are the questions you think are important for people to be asking and thinking don well the first question is uh, am i am in a proper mindset you know to learn or to study these things and that that was one of my you know first slides and i think that during my presentation at the follow conference, and I think that I'm, I'm going to hammer this each and every time, and I'm still going to hammer this. Uh, you cannot look at these things, you know, with a left brain imbalance or a right brain imbalance, meaning that you cannot just being a rigid skeptic or on the opposite side, just use only your emotions, you know, being governed only by your emotions. When you look at these things, you get a strike for a balance. Of emotions, intuition, and also you know skepticism, but not you know rigid. So, because if you fall into one of these two categories, you're you're not gonna go far because your ego or whatever reason you're gonna for whatever reason you're gonna stop your research right there, and you're not gonna be able to go deep. Um, I've I've also you know put a slide about, you know, some of the debunkers. It's great to debunk stuff, but again, these debunkers, sometimes they, they just use their, you, you'll, you'll find in later slides that the debunkers, they use mostly their emotions, uh, you know, they almost like name callings and stuff without really, you know, uh, stating facts or, 
um, like like this one, yeah, yeah, like this slides. You know, the, of course, Graham Hancock um, has written a lot of books. You see a uh, few of the the books he wrote about these, you know, stories or uh, of ancient past. And I took this article. I think it was from July last year from uh, what's his uh, science whatever journal, um, trying to debunk. Uh, Graham Hancock, but when you read at the 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 the, the arguments or the counter argument they use to debunk the stories, it's just thin air, you know. So again, they debunk just for debunking, um, you know, because they can't. Actually, it's it's hard to explain both on you know if you believe in that stuff or both if you are a, a non-believer. So again, you, you gotta be really open. You have to look at this stuff with an open mind. And if you do, maybe your, your, the whole universe, you know, will make more sense to you and stuff that mysteries, you know, that, that you cannot explain maybe will, uh, piece by piece make more sense. See the dog agrees with me. <laughs> Let's see, what does this um, article says? In his 2015 Magician of the Gods, Graham Hancock argues that this advanced civilization was responsible for many of the pyramid building tech seen in Egypt and most of South America. However, he also states that his advanced civilization, which was based on the continent of Antarctica, which he further argues was located far from the South Pole at the time of its height, was wiped off the face of the earth so completely that the only thing that remained was the pyramid building techniques they passed on to their supposed descendants. This theory is problematic in a lot of ways. First, anything man-made, especially by a civilization as advanced as the one proposed by Graham Hancock, will leave some sort of trace, be it a tool, a shard of pottery, a scrap of clothing, or even garbage. Heck, scientists were able to find shop receipts and complaint letters against certain merchants in ancient Mesopotamian sites. So the idea... Just, so, you, so you can just stop right there. But you see, this is a really allegedly science journal article. Uh, and you see that what they, they are using to debunk is that they would have left some tools behind. You know, how stupid is that? You know, they... they if they, they use like laser technology or whatever technology they, they, they had, you know, why would they necessarily leave and, you know, tools or shards of pottery, you know, the, the cuneiform tablets are, you know, uh, a, a great, uh, you know, accounting of these stories. So, again, you know, scientists were were able to find shop receipt and complain letters against certain Martians, you know. So, again, for me, this doesn't hold the, the, the you know, it's not a strong argument. The whole article, basically, you can, you can continue if you want, but basically, it's just thin air, you know. You're looking for debunking, but basically, you're, you're not... Uh, you're not having a counter argument compared to, you know, documented dozens and hundreds of documented books again uh, about these stories with, you know, facts and 
proofs and and serious studies you know you know one one thing i do when when i'm looking at stuff like i think it's good to bring up something like that like um that they're always going to have these articles to debunk or um it's almost like at school you know in junior high when one kid's like oh you know talking bad about another kid to try to make themselves look better but like look at this is just an article with a few points kind of like straw man arguments they're picking out a few things and picking on them but when you actually get like one of graham hancock's books um it's a really intense experience i just read one listened to one of his books and like um zachariah sitchin for instance he goes in incredible detail in his books there's like not all of them some of them aren't so detailed but a lot of them there's like pictures there's multiple examples the pages have the pages aren't just words there's like words 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 and then a bunch of examples from different you know he pulls from different things he'll pull from religious texts he'll pull from somewhere he'd actually been you know where he you know when you take a i forgot what you call where you get the pencil and you take an actual picture from the rock you know a scratching or whatever you call it so like yep. really well, re, re, well researched material. And so, you know, you have to ask yourself when you're looking at these things, like how much energy did this person put into this article versus how much energy did this guy put into writing this book and going to Egypt or going to these places in South America and learning how to read another language? You know, like you really have to weigh where the information's coming from and how much energy somebody put into putting it out. And what I find that's really interesting in a lot of this Egyptology stuff or um, the mega um, megalithic structures is the people that talk about this stuff. Um, they're, they're going up against incredible resistance. Um, they're going up against people who are trying to debunk them and make them sound stupid. And, and they're, they're trying to fight this whole mainstream narrative that's been going on for a really long time. So that's why we have a really good comment from uh Brother Will, uh, who really nails it, the the topic of human origins is extremely occulted because if people don't know where they come, they, they came from, they don't know the direction they are going. Right, and it's right. all about exactly knowledge of the self. And, you know, part of, you know, uh, Mark talks these days about shadow work and shadow work, you know, is, is all about answering all these questions. Who am I? Where do I come from? Where do I go? You know, and if you stop at where do I, for example, if you ask a question, where do I come from or where do, does our species come from? And you stop at the stories of the Bible, then you're not going to have, a, you know, you're not going to do an effective shadow work because you're not going to go to the root of, you know, the story. And the, so you're going to have a false image of yourself, a false image of the whole species if you don't want to, you know, look at these stories. We're, again, we're not saying that it's all truth, but it's a very, very crucial topic to dig if you really want to make sense of what's going on and who you are and, you know, what, what are our goals on this planet, really. If you don't know where, where does it, where did it start? Yeah, to me the big the big tie-in is um, the freedom problem, right? Like, okay, this is why I think it's important to get back to why we're in the state we're in, 
when we look at the cause of things, sometimes we can understand the effects. What we're experiencing now in the world, most of the things people are talking about on shows and podcasts and is what's happening right now. These are the effects. You know, I always, the way my brain goes is like, why, 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 why is it like this? Why are people falling for these silly things? Why are they listening to these politicians? There's a few idiots in suits and there's thousands of people, regular people who are getting ripped off by these, you know, few little pricks in suits. Why are they putting up with it? You know, why don't we just run them over and take all our money back? You know, well, it's because all through history, there's been this theme of going on of this um, power differential. And that's what's described in the picture of the pyramid that we see on the dollar bill with the eye at top, because the very few have the occulted information of history and how we got into the situation we're in. And to me, that's why this story that the interference theory really comes in because to me, it really explains a factor that I have a hard time understanding. And that is when I meet most people and I've traveled around a good bit, I've driven across the country. I've lived in quite a few different States and most people are really decent that want to be good people. You know, it's like, the majority of people I run into seem like pretty kind, nice, decent people. And yet most people are also willing to just do whatever authority tells them. And it's like, why, why, why is that? Well, if we were created as a slave species, that would explain a lot. You know, if there was some interference that came from the outside, be it interdimensional beings, time travelers, or the way Zachariah Sitchin describes it, people from another planet, um, the Nephilim, came and actually messed around with whatever ape-type creatures were on this planet, messed with their genetics, and mixed it with their own to create something that could do work for them. That's basically way, the way the story goes, to get, to get their gold then um, that really explains a lot about why they would try to build into us this systems that destroy us like government. They would have wanted us to be easily controlled and that would have been the training from the very beginning. And that would explain why we're still having trouble seeing and understanding the slavery that we're experiencing, you know, being controlled. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, intention, intentions, but, uh, you know, people who want to be good people. But if you if you don't have the knowledge of true right and wrong, then you're not going to be a good person, despite all your intentions. And that means, you know, if you, for example, condone, condone slavery by, you know, voting here, here in the province of Quebec, there's going to be election uh, this fall, and we still we we see that a lot of people talk about elections. You know, we're going to throw this dictator out, and we're going to put someone else. Um, you know, I, I really want to go to vote. I really want to uh, change in this in this province, so I'm going to go to vote. And then, right there, you're you're off the track. Because by voting, you're just condoning slavery. You, you re want someone else to decide for you, you know, what's good and wrong. That's moral relativism. And that's really the root cause of all evil, moral relativism. And that's why we thought we, we, we're trying to teach the opposite, which is objective morality. 
you know, objective, right and wrong. So that's how you're by knowing, you know, objective, right and wrong, and by applying it in your actions, then you're going to be truly a good person, not just because you want to be a good person, but because you, you know what it is and you are acting upon that knowledge, you know? So it's kind of like, um, in a way, it's it's a very pivotal time in history right now, the way I think about it. Uh, one thing that's occurred to me is that we have this vast ability to look at all this information. That's never existed in all the history that we know of. However, what's really interesting when you look back at some of these stories, like from from um, the way Sitchin put things together, or, or um, even in Epic of Gil- Gilgamesh, right? Like it's talking about people that had some crazy technology, like they had computers and spaceships and they were able to calculate the size of the earth and things like that. So what what's really interesting is if you think about the way your average mainstream person might come out of school thinking that, oh, we evolved from apes, right? That's the story they, they give you. And and then they, they also kind of give you this feeling that, oh, we're progressing as a race. We're getting better. You know, we, we, t- we treat children better than we used to in history. And now look at all this technology that we have. But what's really interesting is when you look at these stories, that there's actually been a regression. And some of it's the proof of that is told in some of these pictures and some of these um, ancient structures that we found that show that there were peaks, heights that human reached, humankind reached in times in history with technology and knowledge of various things that we still don't even seem to have now. So how the heck could we have gone backwards and forwards like that? It's a really strange um, question and mystery that I think should be intriguing to other people. And that's kind of why I thought it'd be fun to kind of look at some more of this ancient history stuff, because it does connect into why we're here now and why we're in that spot and why people don't understand, like you're saying, um, objective morality. That's right. Of course, uh, there's a lot of ways that they're trying to explain, you know, the fall of these civilizations and all the, the, the knowledge that, that, that they had. Um, yeah, here's the slide from uh, Zakaria Sitchin. I can uh, I can read. It's very uh, interesting, but you can see that you know Zakaria Sitchin's work has been you know debunked so many times. Of course, because people would look at at his work only from a left brain imbalance, you know, a rigid skepticism, uh, without using their intuition, their heart to to really put that story into perspective. So uh, the slide says, the, bi- the biblical tale of man's creation is, of course, the crux of the debate. At times bitter between creationists and evolutionists and of the o- on- ongoing confrontation between them. At times in courts, always on school boards. <clears throat> As previously stated, both sides had better read the Bible again and in its Hebrew original. So again, you know, people fighting the creationists, the evolutionists, the social Darwinists, um, 
but again, these people are still in a, in a brain imbalance. So that's why they will reject all kind of, you know, um, stories or explanation of this, of the Genesis, um, put forward by Zechariah Sitchin and all his books. Because if you look from rigid skepticism and you're trying to dig for archaeological proof of the, the you know, the Hark of uh, Alliance or the Noah's Hark, you know, um, you're, it's, it's completely stupid, completely stupid to, to, to do that and to look for these uh, archaeological or find a Garden of Eden. How stupid is that? But you, you'll find people who paid millions of dollars, you know, uh, in university research to find a Garden of Eden. Um, yeah, like um, we're going to fit, we're going to take a um, giant boat, the biggest boat we can imagine, like a cruise ship boat that we made out of wood, right? And then now we're going to go around and collect two of every type of animal and stuff them on that boat. And somehow we're going to keep them from eating each other. And we're going to bring enough food to feed them all. And then we're going to survive a flood that covers the whole earth in this boat. You know, it's like the way they came off in Bible school telling me that story. I was like, what? You know, I mean, come on. You guys really believe that? I mean, how are you going to put all those animals in a boat? Like, well, God did it. It's miracles. And the thing is, it's that, that I've come to realize about the miracle thing is, let's just say, for instance, you had some technology that someone else didn't have, right? Like, um, let's say you had a rock. There's stories that I found that I listened to in some of these books about um, somebody could put this rock in their mouth and it would make them float up off the earth like, like you're flying, right? And so other people don't know that you have this magic rock and you can just go fly around whenever you want. Well, if you had that ability, you could convince people all kinds of things, that you're some kind of God, that you have powers that they don't, and therefore they should follow you and do what you say. And a lot of people would because they'd be so amazed by this miracle that you've created. And that's the problem with religions and stories. If people can create a miracle, if they can create something unbelievable and make it show that they're doing it or they're in the power of it or they have it and you don't, then they could get you to do just about anything. And that that's hella dangerous. You know, and then so that's what we want to avoid is letting ourselves be so um how do you call it? Um when we fall for a trick, when we allow ourselves to be convinced, oh, that's a miracle, you know? So we need to take these stories and weigh them, like I said, but um, you can also look at the evidence, you know? And that's kind of where I wanted to go with bringing in some more of these slides is there, there is a lot of good evidence. Um, one of them is Stonehenge. You know, that's like one of the most commonly seen, but um, when you really look into it, there, it goes pretty deep. There, there's a lot involved with Stonehenge. It's like um, a clock, a calendar that, you know, has been able to predict um, eclipses consistently. And there's, you know, no one, I think they finally have found supposedly where these stones come from, but it's like really far away. No one has any clue how you would get stones that big and move them that far, especially people at that time in history when, you know, this was supposedly put together. It's just one small example, but everybody knows about Stonehenge and, and we just sort of blow it off. But, but this is a really big deal, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All, all these, you know, megalithic or monolithic structures, uh, 
that science cannot really explain. They just brush it, brush it off, you know, under the carpet, I guess. Um, we're just going to put that as mysteries and uh, that's it instead of finding the, the true reason. But back to your, your school teachings, you know, what if the teacher would have told you, um, well, instead of, you know, building a, a wooden ark, it was a flying spaceship and these people had knowledge of DNA. So they put just a tiny microscopic sample of DNAs that would fit like in the, the palm of your hand, like, and with, that was the whole DNA of all this, you know, s species of all the, the plants on, on earth right on his hand. And it just left on his spaceship while the, the flood was going. And, you know, there was uh, this huge cataclysm on earth. And then he, they came back when the, the water went, you know, uh, came to a, a decent level. Um, what if they would have told you that story in school? You know, it would have been completely different. Oh, yeah. So Alien that, that did that. You know, that. that's why also that, you know, the governments, they, they don't want the alien. They always classify all this stuff about aliens. They don't want people to look for aliens. They don't want people to... Um, study or believe or whatever, you know, like, uh, so I have a slide from, you know, Travis Walton, uh, which is a very, um, very crucial, you know, the, the, um, the famous quote that he, that he mentioned that, you know, people, you know, they, they want to, what again is, the, did you put that in one of those slides? Yeah. Let me see if I can find it real quick here. See, we can see some of the other. Can I go by it? it? Passed it. Yeah. There it is. So yeah. again, also, um, you know, Travis Walden. I didn't know his story. I discovered the, you know, while watching the Cosmic Abandonment presentation by Mark, and you know, uh, read his his books, and and uh, the famous quote is that I've come to realize that the biggest problem anywhere in the world is that people's perceptions of reality are compulsively filtered to the screening mesh of what they want and do not want to be true. And that's, that's so true and important. You know, he, he was an, uh, an adopt an abductee. He's been abducted by, you know, aliens and he, he can he would swear. And I think he passed also through detectors multiple times. And he could swear that what he said was not the, you know, his imagination or hallucinations. And, you know, he spent all his life, you know, trying to, to, um, you know, to interest people in that the subject of UFOs and this is, this is real stuff, but people, he, he was always like, uh, debunked or try, you know, fought against, by people who don't didn't want that to be true, you know it's not a question of is it true or not. Is that, is that people don't want it to be true? That's different because they don't want to assume the responsibility that comes with that knowledge, and that's that that's that's true for all kind of knowledge, and all kind of truth. All these deep truth, these conspiracies, you know, 
we we've titled um, our, our our chat the the conspiracies of all conspiracies. I guess it's because you know people are afraid to talk about these these, these things because they, they they will be attacked. They will a lot of people have you know strong reactions when you talk about UFOs and they already can lose your credibility. But you know. Personally, I don't give a flying fuck about what people think of me because, you know, I'm the one who, you know, I'm the one who's, uh, who owns my body and do whatever I, the hell I want with it. So if they don't want it to be true or if they don't want what we're discussing to be true, then they will be stuck. You know, they will be stuck. Uh, in their own fake belief system uh, because they, they, they don't want to go further in their research. They don't want to open their mind to stuff that could be hurtful, that could mean that they would need to assume responsibility of, you know, from, from themselves instead of just relying on the government who hides all this stuff from them. Yeah, and, you know, I mean... There's so much weird UFO information out there and stories that I got to admit it, it baffles me a little bit of where to land on those things, but I'm not one to discount things that I can't disprove. You know, I don't see the point of that. You know, if somebody brings up a theory and it seems far out to me, that's not a reason to not believe it, you know? Um, but I'm not going to say I necessarily believe it either. I'm going to say, don't want to be a blind believer piece of, of information and I'm going to see how I can tie that in. You know, what does his quote say? I've come to realize that the biggest problem anywhere in the world is that people's perceptions of reality are compulsively filtered through the screening of what they want and do not want to be true. Did you already read it? Yeah, I did. But uh, no, now it can't hurt to read it again. Now we double. Yeah, up. that's right. Because that, that <laughs> no, but that's crucial information. And that, that explains a lot of what we see right now. You know, people who don't want to assume, they don't want to look further, they get injected with stuff that they don't know, they don't care as long as they've been told to do so. It's because, you know, they don't want to assume the responsibility that the government and these big pharma might want to hurt them. So if they don't want that, then they filter to the screening mesh of unicorns and rainbows that the government is there to provide for their health. And they, they would inject whatever they want and in their body without any kind of research whatsoever. All right. I don't all remember. Around, it's all around I, me. It's all around I don't, oh, I mean, you know, it's almost like I find myself trying to change the subject sometimes of how bad things are out there. But that's I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we're trying to do this to cat pique people's interest. You know, I, I feel like maybe more now than in other times where the tyranny is becoming pretty obvious. It's becoming more obvious by the day, especially where you lived on. And, you know, like maybe people are more in that questioning mood that you should be. And that's kind of why I bring up these pictures, because it's the same kind of questions that, you know, I've been asking my whole life, like, when you see a picture like this with these giant stones put together, any one of these stones 
weighs so much, we, we would have a hard time doing it with modern equipment. And yet they're fit together in a jigsaw puzzle pattern and in such a way that you can't even put a pa piece of paper between them. So just knowing that things like this exist on the earth should put a person in sort of a questioning state of mind. Like, you know, that is kind of weird. That doesn't make sense, right? And, um, and, and that does apply that, to today, but I, I know it seems like a stretch, but it does. Yeah, absolutely. And they were saying that they, 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 cut, they cut that with copper tools, you know, copper, which is really, really soft at the, you know, at the time. But that's the thing with these structures also. It's really hard to date. And that's where the science often play because you cannot use much of carbon dating like in like they can do for mummies or, or stuff of, with, with you know um, clothes clothing or whatever has carbon in it so it's really hard to carbon date these structures and that's where they play uh, you know but the with the time they were built and the technology that were available at this time but looking at this is clearly laser cut precisions you know only lasers could at, at this time you know uh, at this period of time in history you know explain that so only lasers uh but again they will try to far stretch you know uh with copper tools and stuff that these were made uh but yeah, but yeah, you cannot even put a paper between that. So that that's that's really amazing. There, there is that theory um, uh, that he was talking about in was it fingerprints of the gods that some people have a theory that there was this liquid that you could pour on a rock and it would melt it. And you know that's one possible theory. There's theories about giants that. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. We could go on a whole nother show about all the theories about giants. There's um, theories of monks that have been able to use certain vibrations through sound to lift heavy objects or lift themselves. So there's all these different possible explanations, but all of them seem kind of far out compared to the reality that we know of how we do things, how we put things together. And coming from someone like myself, who's you know, been in carpenter and I know how things are put together. When I look at something like this, it, it really um, begs the question of what haven't we been told about history and so many other things where it's like just an extreme contrast to the reality we live in that, or the story we've been told that things have happened chronologically where, um, like I said, okay, let's go back to Samaria, right? Like in Sitchin's work and a lot of their work, they go back to Sumerians is supposed to be one of the oldest, the oldest culture, right? Isn't that what you've come to realize, Tom, for your studies? Well, according to Zechariah Sitchin, the, 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 the Sumerian, you know, culture would have dated back to 400,000 years, to, between 400,000 and 200,000 years. Um, of course, there's there's hardly evidence of that um, because if if you believe in the flood story also of the Bible that would have washed most of you know the stuff on earth, um, 
and also that these beings would have voluntarily erased any kind of you know most of their 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 print on 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 this planet but yeah the how the how the hell do you explain that all these you know the these um these are um uh, the cylinders sumerian cylinders copper cylinders i think uh again with this flying saucer how would how imagine you are uh, you know uh, someone living in Sumeria like 4,000 4, years before BC. How, how, can, how much of an imagination you would need to have to draw a flying saucer like, you know, this one or the other thing be, behind the fish-like uh, king or fish-like god, you know, which really looks like DNA or some sort of, you know, weird machine that that could could not even imagine like six thousand years ago. Same thing with you know all the other pictures. You know, all these weird uh, bird-like people and surrounded by these weird machines with snakes or you know stuff that they, you cannot even imagine today that that would exist that 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 seem to have been you know carved on on these cylinders that's that's a, simply amazing if you just say oh no it's a tree or it's you know it's very hard to i think debunk these images but still people will try to do it to avoid their responsibility and it will tell you a, a, a blissful lie instead. Well, they had some pretty um, deep understanding way back in ancient Sumeria of the location of, you know, astron. They already, they understood astronomy pretty well, which was amazing. Okay, they had um, textiles, so they had metallurgy, and all these things have been discovered. They're not argued that these things are true. So this is the ancient. The most ancient culture we know about that popped out, you know, before that, what, 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 what did we have? Just cavemen. And then all of a sudden we got these Sumerians that have metallurgy, that have um, complex knowledge of astronomy, that have uh, metallurgy, that have, okay, like this tree of life and this understanding of what seems to be maybe even DNA or cloning technology. And that's the part that really, to me, made sense because you look at where we're getting now in terms of technology and they're using stem cells and they're working on cloning the pigs. And I'm sure there's been humans that have been cloned. So you look back in history and it seems like this same technology, that's what these stories allude to, that they had similar technology, if not even better, way back then. And the way um, Sitchin translates those tablets found in, I think a lot of the tablets were found in Nineveh, if I'm not mistaken, to show that Enki, which was one of the gods who came from, from this other planet and the way he interprets the story, was experimenting with creating a slave race. And he was mixing different things together. And, you know, even that 
it explains so much to me that's weird about history where you have stories of things that don't make sense that we don't have in modern times, like different animals mixed together, like in mythology. And it, it all makes a lot more sense when you think about it from this lens of perhaps someone did have that technology and they were playing with DNA of animals and humans and mixing things together. That would explain a lot of things that don't make sense about yeah. mythology. Right. And when, when you think about it, DNAs, you know, were, we, you, we didn't know much about DNAs even in the 70s and early 80s. You know, it's only really when in the 90s that we really started to, you know, discover more about DNA and use it in court trials and stuff. But before that, you know, there was not much knowledge about DNA in, even in, in the, the, the scientific community, you know. So how come they would have known like 6,000 years ago, and then boom, blank, 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 blank. And then 1990, 6,000 years later, we discover it again, you know? So again, it means that there was a certain, an ancient knowledge that we are beginning to discover, you know, beginning to really, we don't, I don't think that we even, master the, the DNA and all these cloning technology like these people uh, were doing like maybe 400,000 years ago. So they were way more advanced than us, way before us. Um, so, but again, it's not a question of who's more advanced or not. I think that the most important question is, do you know, you know, do you know right and wrong? And the only you know, point it's like the only point of all this stuff is 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 the question right like because because even right there like we're not going to say that's the true story it's an interesting story and for me it was really valuable because it debunked and we talk about debunking the positive side of debunking is when you're caught up in sort of belief systems or religious systems you know because i had studied all the biblical stories when when I studied this work, whether it was Lloyd Pye or um, Graham Hancock or whoever it was that I was reading their book and looking through their information, it, it would put a big question mark on the story I was told in school that, you know, the chronology of the way things went in history, it would put a big question mark on what I was taught in church. And so to me, that's the only point of all this for listeners is, is if you ask these questions and you go down these routes of research, you kind of have to do it on your own. We can show you some pictures and talk about it, but um, ultimately you got to get curious, right? And if you're curious, what's going to happen if you're brave is your belief systems are going to get broken down and you're going to realize that all these stories are just stories, you know, and you have to decipher which ones are important or why to you, you know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, you know, people, they want to keep us enslaved. If if we've been enslaved for thousands of years, there are people on earth that, you know, want to keep this power differential, this knowledge differential. That's why they, 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 they work so hard to cover these things. They paid universities to do research, to come to conclusions, you know, that this gigantic stone that 
the 400 tons were was just moved like there or by by uh, by a few thousand people with cords and ropes and and uh, you know rolled on on wood. Um, so, anyways, it's just it, what it's okay to debunk, but again, it's just that when you look at some of the debunking stories or debunking arguments, it doesn't. It's really thin air, you know. It doesn't hold the lines. So, it's really important to look for yourself at these things, and yeah, because finding about the human origin is finding about yourself. You know, finding that we we've been you know abandoned by by our creators um, and that's that's why we, we have so much self-loading at the spiritual at the soul level you know that's why humanity hates itself so much right now it's because you know it has this cosmic abandonment of the you know their uh, because it's like a negative cycle that's being you know, repeated, right? Anger at our cosmic parents. Why do you left us here? Why do you left us with so very few knowledge that, you know, you had all this knowledge, you had all these technology. Why did you left us here, uh, you know, with, you know, with ourselves and, you know, to trying to figure out who we are and, you know, passing on a few of that information through occulted, uh, brotherhood or you know s secret brotherhoods like uh like the teachings of uh hermes trimagistus or you know s there were some tidbits of you know i think um of ways that these people are, were trying to give us part of clues of how to get to a proper knowledge of ourselves, but vary by tiny bit, tiny by tiny bit. And uh, same thing with all the, the messiahs, the, you know, the Abraham or whatever, Moses or Jesus or whatever. These people, I think that they had connection with these ancient beings. That's my personal feeling. Uh, whether it's for by genetics, by being descendants of these beings, or you know, by having a connection with them, so they had. Uh, so for me, that would explain a lot. Also, if Jesus would have been like, for example, uh, you know, the, the fruit of the insemination of a certain being with Virgin Mary, for example, who would have been inseminated artificially by these beings that, that would explain a lot, you know, why Jesus, we don't have the story of between 17 years old and 30 years old. You know, there's, there's a huge blank there. You know, a lot of people argue that he traveled to India and maybe, uh, you know, study the Zoroastrian uh, uh, religion and stuff and came back then to Jerusalem. There was just a lot of, but that would explain a lot of the miracles, you know, if he had, uh, uh, you know, a direct or a very uh, uh, um, genetic that comes directly from these beings that would explain a lot of, you know, 
the so-called miracles which actually be uh, readily uh, explainable by just uh, being a, a crossover between you know aliens who had that that kind of technology and human beings so they, they would have put that that guy on earth to send us a message the truth of truth of anarchy um but again this message would have been perverted by people with evil you know intentions called themselves uh, bishops and popes and constantine and council of nice so that would explain a lot of things. That would explain a lot of things way more than they are trying to explain us with the so-called, you know, stories of uh, the creation, Adam and Eve. You know, I think of it too, like, you know, the politicians, they don't want to ever let a good story go to waste, right? Like if something happens, they're always trying to ride that wave of excitement with, and then lead people in a certain direction, right? That's kind of how it works with the Hegelian dialectic, trying to get people opposing each other and then, you know, lead them the direction you want with the solution. Well, I've thought about it all through history. You look at whoever's in power, you know, they probably have the money and the resources to send people out, their soldiers and their emissaries or whatever, to gather information and gather artifacts, right? And so if you got enough money and power, you can get together a lot of information and knowledge that most people don't have, right? And then you can start to build a story from that. You know, say you have, like I said, some rock that glows, you know, or, you know, you know the story that that's hidden in your chambers, you know, that tells the story of human history, right? Well, now you want to spin that story in such a way that works out well for you. And, and it's like so many times, like when you look at these giant structures or the, or the pyramids or the temples, like they'll say, oh, that's, that's such and such ruler. But we know that any ruler that came along in history that found a temple like that's going to be like, oh, yeah, this is mine. Yeah, I built this, you know, that's right. <laughs> of course. That's right. right? <laughs> that's just the way that's just the way evil works. It, it tries to control and take power over people and manipulate them. But what we have, the power that we have is to look deeper and ask the bigger questions and try to understand, to see through the parts that don't make sense, you know? And that's why I was like showing that, that picture of the big giant rock. Cause it's like, yeah, that, um, this is Baalbek, I think Lebanon. And it was like one of the stones they didn't use. Right. So it, it just shows how huge, how, how giant this is. We, we could probably put cranes all around this thing and we wouldn't be able to move it because we wouldn't be able to organize all the cranes to move at once. Like how, how the hell did they do that? You know, who was doing that? Who had the technology to do that? You know, we have to have some bravery to ask those questions, you know, and to seek the answer. But um, we might not ever know the exact answer on that one, but that's obviously not, not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is it asks a very good question. Why didn't they tell me about that in school? Why don't they have an explanation for it? If they, you know, are supposed keepers of knowledge know the answers and why aren't they giving them to us? Why are we in the dark? Why don't we have a good explanation? Well, we've, you and I, I think through our own studies have found some explanations that kind of make more sense than anything else we've heard, right? When you put together the different books we've read and different podcasts we listen to, we start to get a little more well-rounded possibility of what what could be i think 
absolutely to keep us uh, you know under control to keep us under uh, under slavery that's the main reason to keep the you know to keep them in power from generations to generations that's the main reason and that's the main reason also i'm i'm here to talk uh, about you know these these studies and these some these the stuff that resonates with me with the truth um is because you know it it's the the only way to end slavery is to really uh, you know go and look for this knowledge which gives a lot of answers you know can give a lot of answers that you will not find anywhere else in modern science or in religion and all these you know left brain imbalance um uh religions actually it's well, her the traditional religions or you know modern religions like scientism Well, we've been chatting on this for about an hour. Um, I, we had a bunch more slides we were going to go through, but you know, it's like I think both of us have the tendency to like <laughs> want to keep bringing it back to the more important topic of of natural law and what we're doing in a day to day um, basis, and you know why you know people are not getting it. But um, yeah, thanks for going through these ones with me, Dom, and putting together those slides. Maybe we can, if you got time, we could get, we could keep going on it next week. Otherwise. Absolutely. Anytime cool. brother. Anytime yeah, I'd like brother. To keep going through this topic more. Cause there's, there's a lot of little details and stuff that I'd like to share with people. You know, maybe someone's winds up watching this and they get kind of curious and they're like, what are they talking about? You know, why are they so, why do they, so skeptical of mainstream, you know, and maybe they start looking into one of these things that, that we bring up one of these pictures and like, what was that picture they were showing about Lebanon or whatever, you know, and maybe that leads them down the path that I went down when I was young and curious. And I often think of myself when I was like 25 years old or something, like I spent from that age all the way until like my late thirties before I started coming back to understanding the things that I think really matter in, in my forties now, you know, I wish I could help someone else skip those 20 wasted years of thinking a bunch of useless thoughts, you know, and kind of lead them a little more directly to, you know, if I can meet my younger self, I would try to share this information. Like, Hey, here's a good place to get started. Look at ancient history. Ask yourself, why are humans the way they are? What, what's wrong with the story they told us in school? What are the holes in the story that have not been answered? Let's look at that. You know? That's what I, I guess that's what I would kind of sum it up. With that's right. So many stuff to dig in. Also the, you know, the chromosome number two fuse at the telomeres. There, there's a lot of things that we can discuss, you know, and that we can bring people to look at that, that would also, you know, lead them to, to, to find the, you know, truth. And, you know, it's, it's part of a proper shadow work to f- discover the human origin. So it's, it's crucial that we, we bring people, uh, you know, to looking more into this stuff, and uh, it, it's really fun and it's really uh, cool to have the courage to just speak about these things because most people they don't even want to talk about this because they know that they're gonna be uh, attacked by you know weak and sensitive mind. But <clears throat> we don't don't really care about that. We we only serve truth. So 
anytime, brother, next week, anytime you just send me a message and I'm here, man. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right, my man. You have a good night and then we'll um, we'll get back to the subject and, and keep going with it next time. Take care, brother. All right, man. Have a good night. Let's see if I can get my slide back on here. Okay. Thanks for coming, folks. Check out endevil.life. Vertu consequence. Hey, there's me. <laughs>